And we're back. Brennan and Brock bringing a 14th episode. We're talking about, was it week seven? It was week, week seven. seven of, uh... We're talking about a crazy, exciting week seven full of upsets. I think it was six undefeated teams lost this weekend, right? Yeah, not even counting how many ranked teams lost. Yeah, I think there was Let's see, another what? handful. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Seven. Eight ranked eight teams. Ranked teams lost. Eight ranked teams lost. So I mean, pretty crazy weekend. Obviously, there was the Bama got upset by Tennessee, and what was going on there with the with the crowd that was that was insane. That's what college football is all about. You know, seeing that field covered in orange. They took the, the goalposts. Took the goalposts. We need uh, to talk about that actually. And threw it in the river. Yeah. They threw the goalpost in the river, river. and yep. did you see the GoFundMe? Yeah, from Tennessee, Tennessee from Tennessee, Tennessee They tweeted out or something. They were like, "Hey, like, um, we're starting to GoFundMe to uh, raise some money to replace those goalposts, so we have goalposts for uh, the next game." And I think they're what fifty grand a piece or something, something like that. But there's a video of um, I don't know if it's the athletic director or the president or something. But right after he won, he's like smoking a cigar, and, and somebody's like. We're gonna have to replace those goalposts. He's like, "Oh, like don't even worry. Like we have the money for it, or something like that." Exactly. They do and have the money for it. It's like, um, how much? How much do you think Tennessee football is just raking in every year? Millions. Exactly. And millions. Especially off that one game, like, and they're yeah. they're tripping about fifty thousand. I mean, that's a lot for a goalpost, but yeah. I mean, for a program who's raking in the, they got the cash flow, especially after that. So, anyways, that happened. That was pretty crazy. I know a USC lost top ten team. Um, Penn State lost, who was a top 10 team. That was blown to, out. Yeah. yeah, they got blown out. And uh, let's see what else. NC State and Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse is still undefeated after their win against NC State. I know say, that I know that Devin Leary was out. Say NC State lost their quarter but, he's for the year. I think he's yeah. done. So De- Leary's out. Yeah, I think he's out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. A little a little shake up in the ACC. Um, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. It was Kentucky that got it done, right? Yeah, Will State, or wow, Will State. Will Levis was the Battle of the Wills. Yeah, the Battle of the Wills. So Will Levis got it done on that one. And yeah, it was a pretty crazy weekend. I think we're just going to start with uh, talking about the Penn State and Michigan. Michigan blew them out. It was 41 to 17. I know that we both picked Penn State, so 0 for 1 on us for that one. But I mean, it was pretty close going into the second half. I know, what was it, 16 to 14? At halftime, yeah, I'm looking at it right here. You don't, you don't need to think. It is. Yeah, it yeah, was. 16, yeah, sixteen yeah, to fourteen. I'm reading it right here. Don't, don't even tell me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought it was. I was thinking like fourteen for thirty because I was like, yeah, Penn State was winning at halftime, but no, they they kicked the field goal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. I, I know. I was right because I think you texted me and you're like, the, it's like Michigan has eighteen first downs and Penn State has one, but they're only oh, down yeah. by two or something. Like yeah, that. that's right. Yeah. It just looked at like a lobsided. You know, at halftime. Well, I and think, then, and then the score just told a whole different story. Yeah, I think there's another stat that Michigan ran like 50 plays to Penn State's 18 or something yeah. like that in the first half. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, it's because of the turnovers. But um, yeah, and I, I remember texting you. I was like, I hope Penn State pulls this off. You know, yeah. find a way to get this win in the second half. And the exact opposite happened. Michigan kind of just ran away with it in the second half. Blake Corum, dude's a total beast. Did, he didn't even have the leading rushing yards. On their team, it was it was uh, Edwards. Edwards, yeah, yeah. Edwards, Donovan Edwards ran for uh, it was like 173 on 16 attempts. So 
know, big game for him. Yeah, I think they combined for uh, 400 yards rushing as a team or something like that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And Penn State was one of the better against the run oh, in the nation. Yeah. So and they just, I think they only give up like 80 yards a game. Yeah. They just gave up like 400. Yeah. So as much as I like, crazy. I mean, I'm not the biggest Michigan fan, but I'm I'm not gonna hate on you know them and their fan base and stuff. But you know, we gotta kind of give them the credit that they deserve. You know, seven zero to start the season. I know that we were kind of questioning their performance so far because they're you know they had that Charmin soft schedule yeah Charmin <laughs> leading ultra up to yeah soft. they had that Charmin ultra soft they had that Costco pack yeah you know that giant 24 roll yeah they had that 24 roll Charmin soft schedule leading to this game and then I mean they won big against the Nittany Lions who we had a lot of high praise for yeah so I've been really critical of Michigan because I think for Michigan it comes down to they can go 11-0 and they probably will go 11-0 but if they don't beat Ohio State it's over, you know, yeah. that's their season. Like they have to beat Ohio state yeah. to get, cause Ohio state's most likely going to be 11 and 0. But even yeah. if they're 10 and one with a loss in conference, like if Ohio state beats Michigan or Michigan beats Ohio state, you know, that team goes to the big tough, uh, big 10 championship. And then if they win that, you know, they're probably going to the playoffs. So yeah. that's why I'm so critical of Michigan is because I look at their team and I just, there's certain things that I just, I just don't think that they can do. But they really answered a lot of my questions this weekend. I even like made sure to to write down my thoughts right as the game ended. And I think some of the things I wrote down was Michigan runs the ball at an elite level. Yeah. Like I think they run it probably better than almost everybody in the nation. Because that like that's what's held their team together. Is yeah, running yeah. the ball. Is running so the ball. They 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 run it so well. And I thought it was just Blake Corum, but. But even Edwards, like yeah. when he gets in, like he runs yeah. at an elite level as well. So that was one thing that I took out of the game. And then also the O-line for Michigan. Mm. I think they won the nation's best O-line award last year. I think this offensive line is better. Yeah. I think it's like considerably better too. Because mm-hmm. like some of the holes that, that their running backs were running through, I was like, holy cow. You could just I drive think. a truck through it. It was insane. Yeah. And like that's against, you know, a really good run defense in Penn State. So that was another thing I had. And then their quarterback, man, J.J. J. J. McCarthy. McCarthy. He, doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. He's not. He you doesn't. don't think he's anything special? Well, the pick he threw was pretty bad. Yeah. And he should have thrown another one, too, in the first half where he, like, I don't know, he was kind of, like, running away, and then he lobbed it, and then I think he barely threw it over the Penn State defender, and mm-hmm. they caught it. I was like – that's what worries me about Michigan is is when you play against Ohio State, Penn State's offense really disappointed me. I thought they were they were a lot better. Penn State's offense. Penn State going yeah. into the game. But I think with Ohio State, when they play against Ohio State, C.J. Stroud and those boys are going to score. A lot. Like they're going to score almost every possession. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know if J.J. McCarthy can can keep up with, with Ohio State offense because I don't think Ohio State's going to let him run the way that they did against Penn State. Yeah. But again, I could I could be completely wrong again because they really surprised me with how they run the ball. So th- those were a couple of my con- my my pluses for Michigan and some yeah. of my concerns. And then I guess for Penn State on on that side, for a team that is very one-dimensional in running the ball, they couldn't do it. Yeah. Like they could not do it. And if you can't run the ball against Michigan, I don't think you're going to be able to run against mm-hmm. against Ohio State either. So I think that's that's kind of where Penn State sits right now, I thought I thought um, 
His name's escaping me. I can't think of Quarterback? it right now. Quarterback for Penn Sean State. Clifford. Sean Clifford, yeah. yep. I thought he was very, very disappointing as well. He yeah. didn't really he just didn't put him in a position to have a chance, mm-hmm. you know? And even that was even that way in the first half. Like yeah. they got the seven points from the pick six. And then he had that that crazy run. Yeah, it was the like, sixty yarder run mm-hmm. that got him their other points. But he just didn't do enough for me. And then uh yeah, you know, we knew something had had to had to break for Penn State or Michigan. Like they're both great against the run. We knew that something was gonna have to break and it obviously broke for Penn State's defense. But yeah. I actually was pretty pretty pre- I, I I thought really highly of them because even though they gave up forty one points and it's gonna look like the defense sucked, they held them to four field goals, mm-hmm. Michigan. So Yeah. The game could have genuinely been a lot worse. You know, if they turned some of those field goals into into touchdowns, yeah, you know, we could be talking about 50, 60, you know, points given up. So, so I thought their defense was was good with the situations they were put in, but I just think it's it just shows the the levels between Ohio State and Michigan and and the rest of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So, what does this game mean for the Big Ten moving forward? When we talk about you know a conference champion and you know who's going to get that playoff berth, or and are we potentially going to see you know maybe two teams in the Big Ten this year? I think it really comes down to. Whoever wins, I think the conference championship game is between Michigan and Ohio State. I know that you know only one of those teams will be able to compete because of how the divisions work out. But that West Division or it's is East. It East Division, East was with Michigan in it, and Ohio State and Penn State. That East Division is just so much better than the West, and I I think Illinois is leading the West right now, right? Yeah, they're three and one. I just don't think Illinois is going to be able to compete with with either. Ohio State or Michigan, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. So I think uh, it's going to come down. I, I would be very surprised if Michigan loses a game the rest of the way. I think they'll go 11-0. Up until that game against Ohio State. Up until Ohio yeah. State, which will kind of depend their season. And then, you know, Ohio State's obviously have a huge test against Penn State on the road in that wideout, big noon kickoff in two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. yeah. So that will be their season. You know, they got to beat Penn State. And that, but even if they lose to Penn State, you know, imagine Ohio State loses to Penn State and then Ohio State beats Michigan. That yeah, creates a three three way tie. Three way, which would be awesome to see. But yeah, I think I think. Do we know uh, how they they play that out? I don't know. Yeah, I assume it comes down to some tiebreaker that they have. Yeah, some maybe some common opponent record. Common opponent, yeah. probably. But um, yeah, I was really impressed with Michigan, and I think it's it's good to to see what they actually are about, you know. Their offensive line is is probably the best in the nation, and they do, really do run it at an elite level. My worries with Michigan, though, is if you do slow down the run, because I don't think you can stop it, but I think you can slow it down. Yeah. If you slow down the run and make J.J. make plays with his arm, I think that's... That's going to be the key, but that's who, gonna be the key. who can slow down that run? I don't even know if Ohio State can. Yeah. You know, it genuinely Ohio might be... State- the way that they can win the game is just score more. Yeah. Than so, that. yeah, it's going to be a really good game in Columbus at the end of the season. But, yeah, I don't think you can stop their run, but I think you can definitely slow it down. It's the race and, to 60. It's the race yeah, to 60 points, basically. Literally. So it's going to be interesting to see when they when those two teams line up. But I think Michigan answered a lot of their critics because I still think Penn State is a really good team. But I think there is a clear a clear break in talent between Michigan and Penn State. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see how how they fill that talent 
over the coming years to be able to compete with Ohio State. Yeah, we're not even really Michigan. talking about, you know, the real elephant in the room, and that being Michigan has to play Michigan State in a couple weeks. I know that that's going to be in the big house, but, you know, I mean, they're pretty close. A couple hours between campuses, I'm assuming. Right? Michigan State has won uh, out of the last nine, I believe. I think Michigan State has won six out of the last six nine. Six out of the last nine. So, so. I mean— Michigan State, they're they're what sitting at three and four right now. Look really bad. They look really bad, but I mean, but it's a rivalry. It's game. It's a rivalry game. Anything could really happen. Yep. You know, if Michigan go, Michigan goes down there, then that could really shake things up in the Big Ten. But other than that, I don't I don't really see much, you know, happening within the East. You know. Yeah, I think I kind of expect Michigan to be undefeated going into that Ohio State game, and Ohio State, you know, if they cruise past Penn State, who's now 16th in the country, they'll probably be undefeated going into that last last game of the regular season, right? Yeah, but I think even for Ohio State now that Michigan beat Penn State, I think they can they can technically lose to uh Penn State now and not have Still, that be yeah. the end of their season, you know? Because it's going to come down to to that Michigan game at the end of the season, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes and I think well, maybe what if a, what if they're both undefeated? going into that game, you know, and then, you know, whoever wins, you know, Ohio State beats Michigan, other teams one loss, other teams undefeated, and then they go on to win the championship, the winner of that game, so then they're in undefeated, ran the table in the entire season, then what about that one loss team, say Michigan lost back to Ohio State, are they in? That's, yeah, that's going to be the real question, Yeah, because there's... There's still so much that has to happen, and we—I think we spent like an hour just talking about yeah, before this. scenarios with with the playoff and with conferences. So we honestly should just hit record and then yeah, posted that for the episode. But <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it it does beg a question. You know, say like Michigan beats Ohio State at the Big House, goes thirteen and zero, or not at the Big House in Columbus. Yeah, it's in Columbus. Um, and you know, say Ohio State's eleven and one with no conference championship, like do they still have an argument to get into the playoff? So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens these next couple of weeks to, to work that out. Yeah. Cause has there ever been two big 10 teams in the playoff? I don't think there has been. No, I think it's only been SEC, teams. SEC, which is every so, year. So yeah, yeah it literally <laughs> yeah. is nowadays. So we'll talk about that later. Cause we, yeah. we, we have our opinion on the SEC and some people talking about how there may be a scenario where four teams could get in the playoff. Four SEC yeah. teams getting in the playoff, but um, yeah, I need I need yeah. what what Mr. Feinbaum is. Yeah, smoking. we need Feinbaum. He's our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring Feinbaum in. Introducing uh, Paul Feinbaum, talking yeah. about SEC. Yeah, how uh, Missouri barely losing to Georgia is is probably the hardest place to play in the nation. Exactly. For Georgia, is that what he said? So somebody brought up that that oh point. Oh my gosh! They're saying that you know losing at Missouri is is a very good loss. We might just have to have like We're a barely winning at yeah. Missouri because it's a tough place to a play. A whole episode just bashing on Feinbaum. That might have to be like a special that we come up with soon. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of what went down this weekend for the Big Ten and a couple scenarios, you know, for for how things might play out in that conference. All right, the next one's gonna be probably the game of the week, maybe game of the year. Game of the century. Game of the century was, uh, you know, Bama losing to Tennessee in Knoxville. Crazy, I don't know, crazy environment. Crazy I mean, everything. Yeah. It's hard to even explain. If you if you didn't see any of that, just turn on your TV. I'm sure there's 
there's going to be some clip of, you know, what was going down. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker got it done. What a guy. And was able to beat Bama in such a high-scoring game. I was impressed with Tennessee and how they were able to put up, was it 52 points on this Bama defense. So much talent, so much NFL caliber talent on that side of the football. So I was impressed with Tennessee. I, I actually picked Tennessee, so I was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, going against Bama is risky, man. Yeah, Brock picked so, Bama because he just doesn't pick against Bama anymore. Not anymore, not yeah, anymore, no. So it came back to Biden, but, you know, I'm, it was it was good to see Bama go down. In my opinion, yes. It was a win-win for me. You know, picking Bama, if they win, you know, I get the credit of picking Bama over Tennessee. But if Tennessee beats Bama, I get the happiness of watching Alabama lose. So I was oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was in a huge win win situation there, but and that's I, smart, that's smart. I don't I don't dislike my pick because it is hard to pick against Alabama. I think I just think Tennessee needs more credit for what they did. Yeah, because I think it really they really genuinely like I, what was the halftime score? It was it was close. It was like twenty eight to twenty, wasn't it? Let's see, twenty eight to or, twenty. Yeah, for Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. was up, and Tennessee dominated the whole first half. Yeah, I thought it should have been a lot more than that. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, the game was so close at halftime was, you know, a huge credit to Bama. And then I know they came out and, and tied it up at 28, and then it was just kind of a shootout the rest of the way. But, man, Hendon Hooker, he's – I, I heard Joel Klatt finally say that he's finally in the Heisman conversation. Finally. I think he's been in yeah, the yeah, Heisman conversation. We've, so, we've been talking about him all year. But now he's been a beast. I think it's – Unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I think it's a two-horse race right now between uh, Hendon Hooker and C.J. Stroud. Ooh. I don't think Bryce Young's in it Not anymore. Even the conversation. You know why? Sitting out game. against Texas A&M with the injury, I think is really just gonna make it so he can't repeat back to back. You calling him yeah. soft? You're calling Bryce soft. I'm not calling him soft, but I thought I thought he should have played against Texas A&M. Like, obviously okay. they ended up winning, so it didn't really matter. But barely though. You know, like. Hearing Joel Klatt talk about the injury and kind of inform people since, you know, it's something that he went through, he made it sound that Bryce Young should have played yeah. against Texana. Because so, it was just a, what was it, a sprain? AC a joint sprain. AC joint sprain, yeah. Whereas I think Joel Klatt, I think we talked about it, how yeah. he tore his. Yeah. And, you know, he still played a couple weeks later. But, yeah, like Bryce Young still came out and did his thing. Like I don't think the loss is at all on Bryce Young. I think – you know, 17 penalties or something for Alabama. You can't have 17 penalties and expect to win. A lot of mistakes. So, it, a fantastic game, though. I, I think I feel Saban like, lost a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And uh, there was that clip of him being like, what are you doing? Yeah. After the muff punt. Yeah. That was. Yep. And, it like, I was feeling the same way. I was like, what is he doing? You know? Yeah. So. A lot of mistakes know. like that that just kind of kicked him, you know? And we've seen Alabama have these mistakes, though. It's not like this was something new. Mm-hmm. It's like I know they had high penalties against Texas as well. So it's interesting to see Alabama be so, like, undisciplined and and kind of – I think Tennessee won that game for themselves, but I also think Bama lost it for them too. Yeah. You know, I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of see how, how they've played in a couple games this year. But I think this is the first time where, where Alabama doesn't really look invincible. Yeah. The fact that they made that many mistakes and they still almost be one of the best teams in the country on the road. 
you know, you kind of got to give them a lot of credit for that. No, yeah. That's it. Yeah, but I, I just think, I think there, there is a formula to beating this, this Alabama team because their defense seems to be weaker than mm-hmm. in years past. I think if Quinn Ewers plays that full game against Texas, I wouldn't be surprised to see them put 40-plus on that defense. Yeah. So I just think their defense ha- is, is weaker than it has been, which, you know, is very still very impressive because, you know, Alabama at their best with a little bit weaker of a defense is still a fantastic defense. Exactly. So, But I think this defense has, has some holes and, and maybe a lot of inexperience. Mm-hmm. So Pretty young. I don't know. But I just think I think it sets up for a fantastic rest of the season for the SEC. And I want to hear your thoughts on the rankings. They just they flip spots. Yeah, how is Tennessee so not Tennessee number one? So Tennessee goes to three, and Bama goes to six. How is Tennessee not number one in the country? They got Georgia at one, Ohio State at two. With te- with Tennessee's resume, you know I think that they should be at one. At least when they when that came out and they were one at one, or even two. I thought that was a lot of disrespect. I was just about to say how I was okay with Alabama at six, but then like thinking about it, I'm not even okay with them at six. You know, you think about what's what's Ole Miss at? Ole Miss is seven. Ole Miss is seven undefeated. But it's like they had the close win against Texas in a game that they probably should have lost. They had the close win against Texas A&M, which probably. they probably should have lost. I think you can make the argument that Alabama should be at like ten. Yeah, maybe so. SEC bias though playing playing full part, but not even SEC bias. It's Alabama, Alabama bias because yeah, they're ahead of Ole Miss. But yeah, I don't know how Tennessee's not at one. You know, road win on the road against against Pitt. You know, they beat Florida, who was ranked at the time at home. Road win against LSU, who was ranked. Yep, blew them out too, by the way. And uh, Florida win against Alabama. Florida, right? So did you say Florida? Yeah, Florida. Florida game. Florida day. at home. So, I, yeah, I'm really disappointed that they're not. That they're not at number one. I think yeah. they're deserving. Even I think I saw someone compare their schedule next to Georgia's, and it's just besides yeah. Georgia's blowout win of of Oregon, which I think we've all decided was kind of not like a fluke, but it was. Oregon's it a the, different team. Yeah, it wasn't the best Oregon. So I don't know. I think they should definitely be one. I think it's really disrespectful that Tennessee isn't one. But they're gonna they're gonna get the chance to definitely prove. Oh yeah, that they're number one. Definitely. They got Georgia in two weeks? Something like, no, I think it's maybe it's three. a little bit down the line. But but their schedule is brutal. Three weeks. Know, three weeks? Against, against Georgia on the you road. You know, top to down, or top to bottom, top to down, top to bottom, their schedule is brutal. I mean, we mentioned the teams they beat already and had to play. Now they got Georgia on the road in three weeks. Kentucky at home in a couple weeks. Kentucky at home, that's very underrated. Then it softens up a little bit. You know, they got Missouri, South Carolina, Vandy, yeah. but hopefully not Missouri on the road though. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's the toughest. Yeah, that's the toughest road game in the nation. So <laughs> no, yeah, but I'm so I'm I'm really happy for Tennessee. You know, seeing their fans, you know, celebrate the way the way they did. It was really awesome. But I think what sucks about the SEC is I just I just still don't. I think it's a year. I think, I don't know. I just don't think Tennessee can do it, get to the playoff, you know, because to get to the playoff, they have to first beat Georgia on the road. Then after they beat Georgia on the road, they have to beat Alabama again in the championship game, neutral site. That's so hard, you know, to, to beat Alabama. Same, are they in the same division? Georgia and them are, yeah. 
Georgia and Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, and then Alabama's right. on the other side. So realistically, everything's still on the table for Alabama. They just got to beat, you know, Ole Miss, and then I think, you know, then Auburn. But so I think they're they're guaranteed to be in the the championship game. But the fact but that Ole Tennessee Miss, has to beat yeah. has to beat Georgia on the road, and then if they do that, they have to then again beat Alabama again. It's just it's so tough. It's so tough to ask. And I think that's what's really disappointing about, you know, how the SEC is set up is, is you know, you have to not only beat everybody in your conference, but then you have to beat the gauntlet of Georgia and yeah. Alabama. So I hope they do it. I'm not saying they can't do it. I think they have all the talent in the world, and I think Hennon Hooker is generally playing out of his mind right now, but that's so much to ask yeah. to beat, you know, Georgia on the road and then Alabama again. So we'll have to see how, how that goes out for Tennessee. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, interesting. SEC is starting to get shaken up a little bit, and we'd like to see some more madness, you know. Because you oh, can't yeah. really – we haven't even really talked about Ole Miss. You know, yeah. undefeated. They're sitting there at seven. They're sitting there seven in the country. Probably should be higher than Bama. I don't, I don't know why. Because Ole Miss, they beat Kentucky. I mean, they got a semi-decent resume compared to Bama, who has one loss. Could be two, could be three. You know, so, I mean, the bias plays into that a little bit for sure. But, you know, maybe Ole Miss gives uh, Bama a run for their money, and, and maybe we see an Ole Miss-Tennessee SEC championship. How fun would that would be? That would be crazy. I would love to see that. It'd be just something refreshing, you know, something yeah, different. something but, different for once. But, yeah, I think. But then Bama, would, they'd still find their way in the playoff. <laughs> they yeah. get that fourth spot. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's. I think there's still a lot of, of important games left to be played in the SEC. Obviously, you know, if Ole Miss beats Alabama, then, you know, Alabama's done and Ole Miss is going to run away with, with that division. So I think, you know, we shouldn't be sleeping on Ole Miss, but I think it's really good to see another team potentially have a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, two teams, actually, technically. I don't, I don't even want to rule out Ole Miss yet. Yeah. But, you know, this is probably the most competitive the SEC has been. And it's crazy because, you know, all it takes is Georgia beating Tennessee and Alabama winning out to just get, you know, Alabama, yeah. Georgia, and that SEC championship again. Or, I mean, so, LSU's, LSU's 3-1 in conference. Yeah. So still, I think there's five legitimate teams who have a chance to win the SEC. But yeah. I think we, yeah, we were talking about argument. this. Yeah, we were talking about this before we were started recording when we were talking about, you know, scenarios for the playoff. I don't think we came up with a scenario where there isn't going to be two SEC teams in the playoff. Yeah, I think it's you know? I think it depends on somebody upsetting somebody somewhere for it to not happen. Yeah. Cuz you know, if Georgia wins out and Tennessee's a one-last team at 11 and 1, you can still make the argument that Tennessee deserves a spot in the playoff. Exactly. When their one loss is to Georgia. It's to Georgia. Who would especially if Georgia goes on, if Georgia doesn't go on to win the SEC, then maybe Tennessee has less of an argument. But if Georgia goes 13-0 SEC championship, they'll be number one. And I think you can definitely make the argument that Tennessee should be in the playoff at, you know, 11-1, one loss. But even if it, say, you know, Tennessee does beat Georgia and then Tennessee goes 13-0, wins the SEC. Or no, Tennessee goes 12-1, loses to, say, like an Alabama SEC championship. Then are both of them in. Yeah, then both of them could argue that they're both in the playoff as well. With but their then, one loss being to each other. But then it's crazy too because you have twelve and one conference champion Alabama, twelve and one Tennessee, 
Then you have 11 and 1 Georgia, who's still, you know, just sitting there. With the, yeah, it's just a tri. It's just a triangle. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot that still has to happen. I, I'm sure there will be losses, but I think going back to what we were talking about with Paul Feinbaum saying four teams in the in the playoff. Come on, like what, what is, does he think? Is so he thinks that there would be four one loss teams in so he, the SEC. He, he's thinking back to that scenario of Alabama's twelve and one SEC champion, Tennessee's twelve and one, losing in that game. Georgia's eleven one lost to Tennessee, and then Ole Miss is eleven one lost to Alabama, and then uh, Ohio State they just quit the season. Yeah, and then Ohio <laughs> State's just not you know thirteen and zero, or Michigan's just not thirteen and zero, and that's just so. Yeah, I don't know what he's what he's thinking. Like, I guess in theory maybe it could happen, but even like, even <sighs> if Ohio State, dude, that bothers me because there's still Clemson who might yeah. run the table. I mean, it's just there's a Pac twelve team that could you know uh, yeah UCLA still UCLA. undefeated so. I don't know. It's just so disrespectful to the rest of the nation. It really is. Like, I think the fact that the SEC teams have been getting two into the playoff is already disrespectful enough. Yeah. Like, to think that there could be a possibility of three or even or four, four SEC like, teams oh my is so disrespectful to the rest of the nation. It really is. So, it's annoying. Like, that That drives me insane. Yeah. So that's why I kind of hope we have have some chaos the rest of the week. Or the rest of the year, honestly, yeah. and you know, shake up some of those SEC teams. Because I mean, Kentucky, they can do it. Who else were we talking about? South Carolina, Mississippi like, there's State. There's a lot of talent yeah. from top to bottom. LSU, when you look at that. yeah, LSU, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. I mean, quarterback yeah. is great. And same with Arkansas and like A and M, like so much talent. Like, definitely, yeah. like these scenarios are fun to talk about. But you know, as the weeks go by, like it's just gonna you know filter out some teams. You could make the case that Arkansas is the best four and three team in the nation. You know, losses to AM, Alabama, and oh man, I'm losing the last one. Was it Mississippi State? Yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. It should be so, five and two. Yeah, they're they literally like be. two inches away yeah. from beating Texas AM. And yeah. five and two, they're and probably still. And a big win ranked. against BYU on the road last week. So, yeah. And then even yeah, Texas AM, you know, Texas AM should have beat Alabama. Yeah. So a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but App State, man, I can't believe yeah. that they still lost that game. <laughs> yeah, we we can't we can't forget about that. I'm sure Aggies fans are hoping that everyone forgets about that. But oh, yeah, gotta yeah, keep bringing it up. It's been a crazy year so far, and we're excited, you know, see the direction the SEC heads, you know, in, in the following weeks. All right, we're done talking about the SEC for the rest of the day until we talk about Mississippi State and them. So we'll hold off on them for a second, but now. Big 12, Oklahoma State going at TCU. TCU gets the win in overtime. Was it by a, by a field goal? No, nah, Oklahoma State kicked a field goal, and then they scored a touchdown. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So TCU with the upset, even though they were favored going into the game, kind of. You know, we expected this to be a close one. We had mentioned that, you know, maybe these are the two best teams in the Big 12. And, uh, yeah, we got a great game out of it. You know, happy to see TCU undefeated to start the season 6-0. and You know, we talk about how they used to be a big program, you know, when they were back in the Mountain West. But, you know, Max Duggan, getting it done. I know it's your, that's your guy. Max Dougie, man. Max, Max Dougie. Max Dougie, dude. I Teach love him. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie Duggan, dude. That's what his nickname should be. Yeah, probably not. But, uh, it's kind of cringe. Yeah, he probably can't yeah, teach anybody how to Dougie. <laughs> I think he's a white guy. He can so. teach people how to throw the football. Yeah, he can. Yeah. But um, 
man, the more and more I get to watch this dude play and like learn about him, the more and more I just love him. Um, I was listening to to Joel Klatt talk about you know kind of his story and you know he played for Coach Peterson or Patterson um, before you know he was fired. And he was talking about how during the COVID year, they started doing like, you know, EKGs, kind of like testing heart rhythms and stuff. Okay. Because, you know, because COVID can like affect some of that stuff, I guess. But um, he was saying how, how he's, he was doing one of those tests and they actually found something in his heart that was uh, threatening to him, like playing football. That really? is like life-threatening, potentially. So, you know, he had the operation and they were kind of saying how, you know, he probably wasn't going to be able to play football ever again, which was just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, he obviously gets medically cleared to play again. And then his coach gets fired. And so instead of, you know, dip into the portal, he decides he wants to stay at TCU, waits for a new coach, Sonny Dykes, to come in. Uh, Sonny comes in and, and then, you know, we talked about this, how uh, they go with the younger kid in a opening week against mm-hmm. Colorado. So he goes from being the starting QB to, to, you know, benched with the new staff coming in. Then a uh, starting quarterback goes down, insert Max Duggan and the rest is history. The rest is history. Six so. and oh, and now, I mean, definitely in the playoff conversation. Oh yeah. For sure. Definitely. What are they eight this year, this week? What are they ranked? Eight? Oh, let me check. I think they're, did they just flip flop? I think they're up to eight. I could be wrong though. Man, we are prepared. Yeah. We are very much prepared. Let's see. Eight, yeah. They're at eight? Yeah, so they're up at eight. Where did Oklahoma State drop? Only to 11, so. Yeah, still a lot of respect for OK yeah. State, but. Yeah, this was a fantastic game. You know, early on, I thought I thought Spencer uh, Spencer Sanders was just going to take control, but TCU stayed in the game, you know, took the dub. But for Oklahoma State, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, where do you go from here? Because your season's definitely not over. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still going to probably finish in the top two in the Big 12. And then, you know, you're going to go to the championship game. Maybe even get a rematch against TCU, you know, depending on how that works out. So I would the, expect that to happen. Yeah, so the season's definitely not over for, for Oklahoma State. You know, it's, it's definitely disappointing. You know, you, you never want to lose games. But definitely doesn't get any easier for them. I know they got Texas this week at home. That's gonna Oak be, State? Yeah, oh, that's, that's going to be a phenomenal that's game. That's going to be a fantastic game. So... Yeah, everything, everything's still to play for for Oklahoma yeah. State and, and Spencer Sanders. Yeah, the Big 12. Um, so they, they don't do divisions, just one. One straight, they take, yep. Yeah, they take the top two teams going into the championship. But they all play each other, which is nice. Yeah, so is, all, all nine of them play, or all ten of them play, you know, against each other, which is so nice. So when do we get Kansas State at TCU? I want to say it's this week. Oh, really? I want to say, yeah, yeah. So it's it's TCU, Kansas State. Oh. And then it's um, Texas, Oklahoma Texas. State. Dude, so, what a big week for the Big 12. So another huge week for the Big 12. Pro, which is, yeah, those are the top four teams for sure. Yeah. Because after, uh, I mean, Kansas, quarterback's been out. So Yeah, so that's kind of. And Baylor's kind of out of the picture a little bit. Lost and, to West Virginia this week. Oh, that was a brutal game. Yeah, that was brutal. And, I mean, uh, Oklahoma, you know, it, I want, I want to say something about the Oklahoma game real quick because, I mean, they got the big win, first conference win of the year. Who do they have again? They play Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. that's right. So they get the big win, and, you know, they're kind of up a lot. And I was watching this game, and, and the camera kind of pans over one of the Oklahoma fans, and he's doing the horns down sign. Oh, man. <laughs> After their loss, 49-0 yeah. in the previous week. 
to the Longhorns. So I thought that was hilarious, you know. Typical delusional Sooner fans. I'd say, I guess, actually continuing on the, the Sooner fans track. Yeah. The comments of USC, like, fan pages filled with really? Oklahoma fans really? after after Utah beat them. It was, it was insane. Wow. Just some of the stuff that they were saying, and I was like... They just got to be pointing the fingers, you know? What's, when your team's struggling... I get it. You know, you're upset. Lincoln Riley left you for USC for money and whatever. But, like, you got to move on yeah. at this point. Like, come on. Like, it's that breakup, you know? It literally, it's dude. That breakup. It's that jealous ex-girlfriend. It's that jealous ex-girlfriend. What, seven, In the comments eight section. months after it happened? It's like... Move on, man. you know? Find someone better. <laughs> there was genuinely a point, like, reading comments on Twitter where I was like, Oklahoma fans are happier that Utah beat USC than Utah fans are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was literally yeah. unreal, some of the stuff they were That's saying. That's funny. But, That's hilarious. I don't know. Oklahoma's a whole different topic. Yeah. About, but, you know, their coach and their current situation. So. I'm excited to see, you know, where what the standings look like next week for the Big 12. You know, there will be only one def- undefeated team left within the Big 12. I'm talking within conference. Oh, yeah. So within conference, TCU is 3-0, and and so is Kansas State. I'm just thinking of... So Kansas State hasn't lost a Big 12 game, right? No, they're 3-0. And then TCU is also 3-0, and right? Yeah, that's that's what I just said. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was so zoned out yeah. trying to put all the pieces together. And then Oklahoma State has a loss, obviously. Yeah, 2-1, and, two then, and one, then Texas 3-1. and one, So Okay. So... That'll... I think and they still Texas looks good, man. So Texas still has to play Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas State. Ooh. And then TCU still has to play Kansas State and Texas. Yeah. Kansas State and Texas. Yeah. And then Kansas State still has to play Texas. Everybody. I Oklahoma think. State and TCU. Wow, that yeah. is going to be so much fun uh, to watch over the next. So we can't even really make weeks. any judgments right now. We can't really speculate, you know, who we think is going to be. You know, the best in the conference. You know, a TCU starting off 3-0 in conference. We can't just go and say that they're going to be the ones and they've know, kind of, on top. They've kind of had a gauntlet, right? They, well, I don't know. They played a ranked Oklahoma and then a ranked yeah. Kansas and then a ranked Oklahoma State. And now they get a ranked Kansas State. So Yeah, that's four ranked in a row. They're just like, knocking know, everyone out of the rankings yeah, as they go say, by. I know Kansas and Oklahoma obviously aren't ranked anymore, but, mm-hmm. but that's, still, that's still kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. They're having ranked matchups like – weekly you know we've talked about tcu yeah. the last well we talked about him last against kansas and then we talked to him about mm-hmm. oklahoma state and we're going to talk to him again about kansas state in the preview this upcoming week i just so. hope that you know everyone stays healthy you know please. when it comes to tcu please, i want yeah. Baxter going to be healthy i want to see quinn yours the rest of the year we talked about how they they might be able to run the table and maybe be that two loss the first two loss team to sneak in the playoff depending on you know how other things go but yeah, I just hope everyone stays healthy because that's that's where that's where we're going to see the real best team in this conference. And like usually with the Big Twelve, it's Oklahoma and everybody else, but now it's totally different. There's like four teams that could yeah. win it. And know? last year Baylor won, and they're they're starting off conference one and yeah. two. Yeah, and like I guess until Kansas lost this week, you could make the argument that Kansas was still in it, but yeah, they got a little bit more of a uphill uphill road. But I guess technically they still have everything to play for because mm-hmm. they still got to play Oklahoma State, Texas. And um, Kansas State, mm-hmm. so I and, think and TCU maybe no they yeah. they play TCU yeah. so I don't all, know I think all four of those teams when I'm, I'm looking at the Big Twelve list I think those top four teams all have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs yeah literally so even Texas who has two losses yeah 
It's it's gonna be so interesting. Yeah, and it's crazy. I would too, like I would like to see a Big Twelve team, you know, make playoff. it this year. No, yeah. After their absence last year, and it's it's interesting too because Kansas State's one loss right now is to Tulane, um, who who is ranked this week now. Yeah. They're at they're at twenty five, mm-hmm. but like Tulane's just not somebody you think of as a as a program you should be losing to. So. Yeah. But still, if you're a one loss conference champion, you're still in. Yep. Exactly. So. Everything to play for. Everything for to play for for the Big, Big 12. 12 yeah. So we've been covering every conference, every Power 5 conference, so I think it's time to give the ACC some love. NC State, ranked 15 in the country, going at number 18 Syracuse. Syracuse is able to get the win, stay undefeated. They won 24-9. to NC State moves to 5-2 and and 1-2 and in conference, their two losses being to Syracuse and then to Clemson two weeks ago when they had game day there. And uh, Syracuse remains undefeated, 6-0, and 3-0 and in conference. And I know Devin Leary was out, so that played a big role in, um, you know, the NC State being unsuccessful to score to score a touchdown at all with their backup. And, uh, you know, Syracuse, 6-0 and to start. I know I, I picked Syracuse to win that game. You picked uh, NC State, so... Looking back at the the TCU, we both picked TCU, so we both got that one right. But out of the four games, I'm three out of four, and you're two out of four, I think. I'm what one and three. No, wait, let's see. How we done? Because we did Penn State, Michigan. Penn State. We both picked Penn State. So that was zero and one, and then oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, zero and two. two. Yeah, you're one and three. I'm one and three. Yeah, and I'm three and one. I'm back, baby. Yeah, he's (laughs) back. Oh man, so it was pretty cool to see Syracuse get that win. I think, what did you say, they're overrated? Yeah, I'm still sleeping on them. I'm still fast asleep. Still so if they why? beat Clemson this week, they can open Dude, my that's eyes. That's a good win. Sure. That's a good win. They won by 15. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe NC State was a little hyped, overhyped, though, going into the season. They don't have their quarterback. But I will give Syracuse this. The two things they do really well is what makes a very, or what can make a very good football team. They run the ball very efficiently. And they play really good defense. So those are two things that you really need to do to be effective as a football team. And Syracuse does do both of those. The reason I don't think they're special is I don't know. I just <laughs> they just haven't beat they like they beat NC State. That's oh great. Oh my god. But like beat Clemson this week or compete with Clemson and you'll open my eyes. You know? But if, yeah. if they if they go to Clemson and lose by a couple scores. I'm I'm asleep, you know. I'm still sleeping on them, and all right, all right. I know they have a gauntlet of a schedule the rest of the way. You know, they still have to play Clemson. They still have to play Wake Forest. They still have to play Florida State. So they'll get the chance. I want to say North Carolina might be in there as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, but they still have to they still have to play a gauntlet of a schedule, and to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, you know, run the table, win the ACC. You're a playoff team. They are. 100%. You know, they are. So. It all starts with uh, Clemson next week, right? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just not high on, on Syracuse because I think they're kind of what what was happening with Kansas, maybe. And I know Kansas lost their quarterback, you know, to an unfortunate situation. But you know they they played Purdue, who's pretty good. You know, UConn not very good. <laughs> Louisville not very good. So I don't know. I just want to see. I want to see him beat good teams you know nc state is solid i think you know with their quarterback going down i think it changes that team a little bit 
But you got Clemson this week. You got Notre Dame coming up. You got Pitt coming up. You got Florida State coming up. You got Wake Forest coming off. Those are a lot of really good, solid teams. The so, Atlantic Division is super competitive. Even if Syracuse loses to Clemson and beats, you know, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, and then loses to like Wake Forest, I'll put some more respect on their name. But I just want to see them do it against some of the better teams in the ACC. And they got their chance, you know, the next coming yep. weeks, especially with Clemson this week. I hope they prove you wrong. I would love. I, think I was sleeping on them too last week, but I, I still yeah. picked them. In there. I would love. I would love them to prove me wrong because you yeah. know they they really they generally do the things that they need to do to be a good solid football program. But I just I just can't see it yet. You know, even watching that game against NC State, I just wasn't that impressed. You know, they so, got to slow down that Clemson offense. Yeah, and they got to throw at those those corners. Yeah, those corners so. that they picked up at. The, in the classrooms. Yeah. So random walk-ons probably. Yeah, so Syracuse has everything left to play for, you know. I think I think it sucks for NC State that they lost their quarterback. I think I uh I commented on on our Twitter account um when they announced that Devin Leary was out for the season. And I I think I said something like, "Oh, it doesn't matter, you know. NC, NC State's, State's already out of it or something like that." And someone like responded to my tweet and said, "You obviously don't know how injuries work or something like that." And I was like, "What?" I was what like, "What was he saying?" He was saying that that injuries, the injuries like are out are play like a, a factor or something. They don't play a factor. They do play a factor. They do. And I was like, "Yeah, that's why NC State's out of it or something." Like that. I don't oh know. man, it was a, it was a really weird like situation. I didn't really understand what he was he was trying to get his point across. Yeah, but, but, but um, keep bringing the tweets. Or no, 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 no. So so I said. I responded and said, Clemson already won the ACC, so this doesn't matter. Oh, to, so to, it's just a race for second is what you're saying. Yeah, and he said, you want to run a podcast talking about how injuries don't matter. And I said, Clemson already beat NC State. <laughs> That's why it doesn't matter, broski. Cause, broski. Because, uh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, I actually Clemson, saw that. Yeah, Clemson's going to, you know, they beat the two best teams in the conference, I think. You know, I guess maybe Syracuse is up there now, mm-hmm. so they're going to have to beat Syracuse, but... You know, I just think, you know, beating NC State, beating Wake Forest, if Clemson beats Syracuse, I think it's kind of wrap for the yeah. ACC. Just a heads up, so, if anyone's coming from Twitter, just so you know, Brock is the one who runs the I Twitter do, account. I do run the so, Twitter account. So. I do not take any responsibility for anything that is said. You know, whether that being aggressive, passive-aggressive, it's not coming from me, all right? It's coming from Brock. I'm not rude to anybody on Twitter. I just kind of, you know. I, I throw my takes jab. out there. Yeah, a little jab. So, they they entertain me because I know I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know your tactics. So <laughs> I, I just you know put my takes out there on, yeah. uh, into the Twitter world and yeah, some steam and takes. Some people don't like them apparently. Yeah. So I I guess I I offended some Michigan fans a couple weeks ago when I said yeah. Indiana was going to beat them, and then they almost did because they played them very competitively. So a lot of Michigan fans didn't like that, but yeah, I just you know I, I tell it how it is, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, if you don't like it, you know, there you go. <laughs> <And> there you <laughs> there go. There it is. There it is for you. You know. Oh yeah. So. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, so here's I, here's my take for Syracuse. I don't think, I think you'll lose three out of the next four. There you okay, go. That's, <laughs> and that's fair to think. I mean, schedule's looking tough. I think that Wake Forest is better than Syracuse. Dude. And I think that Sam Hartman. I just Sam have the biggest crush on him. Hartman. Yeah. You guys. So. You got some secret lovers. Yeah. He, uh, he commented on. Because, you know, we're obviously Utah fans, but he commented on on Utah's post. Sam Hartman did. 
A transfer? So is he maybe a yeah, transfer? I think he's gonna go to Utah. Confirmed <laughs> transfer to Utah. But I'm a big I'm a big Sam Hartman fan and so yeah, I think I think it's not unrealistic for Syracuse to to lose to Wake Forest. I don't think it's unrealistic for them to lose to to Clemson. Do you know where that game's at? Wake Forest. Syracuse Wake Forest. I want to say it's at Wake Forest. I can do a quick fact check for us. I need now. a quick fact check. I believe it is at Wake one. Forest. I'm actually almost positive it is. It is at Wake Forest. Yeah, so that's so that's going to be a tough one. So they got Clemson on the Clemson, road. Clemson struggled there. Yeah. No, yeah. Barely squeaked by with that overtime win by a touchdown. But yeah, so they have Clemson on the road, Notre Dame at home, Pitt on the road, Florida State at home, and then Wake Forest on the road. Yeah, I would not tough. be surprised to see them lose four out of five. But we would like to see so you know, them prove us wrong. Yeah, I would love to see Syracuse prove me wrong. You know, it's but, it's good to see basketball schools turn into football schools. So, you know, disrespect, the disrespect. I, I'm just calling them a basketball school. They're six and zero to start the season. Come you on. know who else is a basketball school? What? Kansas. Kansas basketball school, not so, a football school. What about North Carolina? Six and one, mm, ranked twenty two in the country. Maybe a football school. Yeah. You know, Drake May has been balling. He has you know? been balling. I the wish. ACC is interesting. It is. You, know, you think really it's is. just a race for second place? Well, they do they do conferences, or they do divisions. Yeah. yeah. So I think Clemson side's locked up. I think, oh, it, dude, which sucks because I really like Wake Forest. I do. And Sam Hartman. So I wish. I don't know. I wish they had a three game series against Clemson because I think two out of three times they could yeah. have beaten them. And I like North Carolina from the coastal side. Yeah. So North Carolina Clemson makes a very good conference championship potentially yeah. so still a lot still a lot of football to be played yeah so we got to keep our eye out for basketball school in north yeah. carolina you just Who said would... they were a football school <laughs> they were they were actually the preseason poll for basketball came out today and uh north carolina is number one. Oh, nice so shout out to them they could be basketball good at school they could be good at both <laughs> maybe disrespect but yeah a lot, a lot beat, of football to be played before beat clemson in the acc championship and i'll call you a football school there's or just my, win your division deal. win your division but then you have to beat clemson that's fair. But I mean they're six and one. Maybe they run the table and beat Clemson in the championship. Do they sneak in the playoff? At a, at a twelve and one? Absolutely. 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 So, so a lot to play for from that side. Except and they did lose to Notre Dame. Which was kinda It's it's a one loss conference champion. You No no no, like I'm just saying oh. they, they they still get in for sure, but yeah. I'm just saying like Interesting. You know, can North Carolina do it? And they, they make it to the there. final four. <laughs> yeah, they get to the final four. <laughs> yeah. This is a different Final Four, and uh, you know they almost they almost won won the national championship last year in basketball. In basketball, yeah, lost to Kansas. Man, basketball school. <laughs> I'm sick of this basketball talk. So, a lot to play for in the ACC. Yeah, tons to play for, and and I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens with Syracuse over this this uh, next stretch, and then you know I guess to keep an eye out for NC State. I think they're kind of out of it though. So, yeah, which sucks because I think Devin Leary's a very great quarterback for that. They were getting team. that playoff hype at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so that fall off was crazy for them. I know we already talked about the SEC and gave our take on that situation so far, but one of our big games that we had anticipated was Mississippi State going at Kentucky. Actually, Kentucky got the win, twenty-seven to seventeen. Even though Will Levis, I think he went down, was it the second quarter? It was pretty early. Uh, I think it was third. Shoulder, third quarter? shoulder injury. A shoulder injury. Left Ran to the locker room. Injury. 
yeah. Got some x-rays. Came back and was able to pull out a win for the boys. In the Will Bowl. In the Will Will Rogers versus Will Levis Bowl. And uh, Will Levis came out on top. Yeah, Will Rogers didn't look so great. Team I know, only he scored. looked human. Yeah, he looked human. He didn't, only had one touchdown. Didn't throw for six he, touchdowns. Yeah, he, he didn't so. have seven touchdowns and <laughs> so it looks like 600 yards. And luckily, C.J. Stroud didn't play this week, though, so he still might be towards the top of touchdowns in the FBS. Mm-hmm. So yeah, still tons to play for for, yeah. for Mr. Will Rogers. You actually did. You, you picked you pick Kentucky to win this game. I did, yeah. Yeah, so. I thought I thought Will Levis would get it done, and I don't think he's necessarily the reason they won. But <laughs> I was kind of yeah, I was surprised when you actually picked them because you've been on the Will Rogers train all year. Yeah, and to so. have you pick Will Levis after you know who did they lose to? Lat it was the previous week. South Carolina. South wasn't Carolina. It? Yeah, you know, big comeback but. win for them, and uh, I think Will Levis he he's definitely on the NFL level. I think oh, he yeah. looks like an NFL quarterback. He's got that build. He's got the arm strength. You know, he can run a little. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's proven to be pretty tough. I mean, I think it was the game against Ole Miss where he broke his finger. He, like, dislocated oh, yeah. it, and then they popped it back in, and he was back out on the field. X-ray this last game, and he's back out. Leads his team to the win against the Bulldogs. Huge. I mean, dude is – he's battle-tested. He's, he's tough. He's yeah, he's tough, tough dude. And I, I want to say he had another injury coming into the Mississippi State game. Played through that. Had the left shoulder injury. So this dude is made of glass, man. But tough as nails. <laughs> tough as nails, though. Made so. of glass. Made, as, made of glass. But tough, tough as nails. nails. Tough as nails. That's, yeah. a, but, that's a tongue twister. Yeah, Kentucky's running back went crazy, too. I think yeah, he uh, he had a really good game for 196 yards. Him. They gave him the ball 30 times. I guess you kind of have to when your quarterback goes down. When your quarterback's in the so, locker room. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, for Mississippi State – they're going to have some tough games coming up. I know they got Alabama this week. Yeah. So, you know, Will Rogers has to get back to playing like Will Rogers. And uh, for Kentucky, I know they have Georgia coming up. And I want to say Tennessee as well. So Two teams that we think could make some noise, you know, shake up the SEC. And yeah. we'd like to see, you know, get one of those big wins, an upset win. Yeah, just imagine because, uh, like, with two losses in conference play, it's it's a little bit tough to kind of to kind of run the table and you know get into that conference championship game because you know not many SEC teams lose twice. Yeah. So I think for these two teams, their role is just to create complete and utter chaos. Chaos for the SEC, which we want to see. Yeah, just start beating teams, you know. So when they play Bama, they'll both be coming off that loss, but it's hard. Yeah. You know, it, it always sucks to be that team that has to play Bama after a loss because they usually get on the road too. Yeah, on the road in so. Tuscaloosa, so that'll be probably one to look out for. But one of the big, I think we'll have that as as a big game for our preview this week. Yeah, if they could pull that off, I would be so happy. So you know, nice. See Bama have two losses, kind of like crush their playoff chances. I'm sure that there's some way that they could get in. Maybe. Well, yeah, I'd say if they, if they somehow are able to get in the SEC championship. Listen to this, though. So Alabama's got one loss. Mississippi State has two. Mississippi State beats Alabama this week, so they, they both have two losses. Alabama beats Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State beats Ole Miss. You got a three-way tie top of that division, two losses. Then SC State, or Mississippi State would have the tiebreaker on both, right? 
Well, then it'd be a three-way tiebreaker because Ole Miss oh, would have the win over – or no, wait. Because then Mississippi yes. State would have beaten yes, both of right. them and they would be in you're the right. championship. Yeah, it would be Mississippi State. You're it's right. everything to play for. Yeah. Don't count yeah. them out. And I would, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I would love to see I that too. I would love. Get Will Rogers in that SEC championship game. And then at that point, if they win the SEC and they're a two-loss team, they're in because, you know, the SEC is getting two teams in. Oh, yeah. For sure. Who who are their losses to? Kentucky, obviously. And then who's the other one? Kentucky and then... LSU. They lost to LSU. Is LSU in that division? Uh, Because I think that would create more chaos. I think they are. I think LSU is in that division. They are. So someone would have to beat LSU to create a four-way tie and just to create the ultimate ultimate chaos. Ultimate utter madness. So... And then we have a four-team game. <laughs> yeah. They just, yeah. Yeah. Probably won't happen, but. Yeah. Hey, we great. can dream, right? Yeah, we can dream. For sure. All right. Last Power 5 conference we're going to talk about before we wrap things up. Number seven, USC Trojans going at number 20, Utah. The Utes got the win on the two-point conversion. Last play of the game. And or I guess it wasn't last play of the game. It was about 50 seconds left. Last won, meaningful yeah, play of the game. Last meaningful play of yeah. the game before, obviously, USC failed to convert on the following drive. But the Utes won 43-42. to 42. What does this mean for the Pac-12? Crazy game. Absolutely crazy. crazy. Oh, yeah, crazy game. And I think even before we kind of dive into this Utah game, we got college game day going up to Eugene yeah. for UCLA and, and Oregon. So... So a big couple weeks for the Pac-12 for sure, but and another big uh, thing about the Pac-12, Colorado, Colorado getting rushing the field. Win. Do you know what's so great about Colorado? The loyalty. The loyalty with those fans, fans, man. Zero and five. Zero and five, and and that place was packed yeah. for that for that game against Cal. And it's not even like they're playing someone good. It was Cal. Yeah, it was Cal. And that that place was packed. So shout out to Colorado fans. That man. was awesome. I hope one day you guys can can get back to. Yeah. To being, you know, really good. Because they were like top 10 a couple years ago. Yeah, and say, y'all deserve it for real. But. Yeah. Yeah, Utah, man. Um, let's see. Cam Rising. <laughs> let's start to, with him. Great uh, game. I was actually going to start with, with Caleb Williams. All right, we can start with him. Because I was just going to th- say, you know, I've seen Andrew Luck. I've seen, you know, Marcus Mariota. I've let's seen... give some context. We were both at this game. Oh, yeah. We were both there. We, I, we I guess we. We have seen, you know, Andrew yeah. Luck play against Utah. You know, we've seen again, you know, Marcus Marietta. We've seen Jared Goff. We've seen Sam Darnold. We've seen, you know, we've seen great quarterbacks, you know, up at Rice Eccles play against Utah. I think Caleb Williams is the best out of all of them. To ever play at Rice Eccles? To ever Eccles. play at Rice Eccles. Whoa. Some of the throws. Yeah. And, like, granted, you know, Utah wasn't very good at, at getting to him. Uh, this is probably one of the worst – defensive lines Utah's had in a while. So which is crazy being said cuz they're still, you know, really really talented. But Caleb Williams, man, some of the plays that he was making, some of the throws that he was making mm-hmm. and you know, I think we saw it at the end of the game, you know, just tears coming out of his eyes. You know, he's yeah. just he's a he's a true competitor, he really is. And I I know it sucks to lose a close game like that, but he left it all out there, I think. Yeah, he really you know, did. He really played played his heart out. And his receiver, I think, at least for his first three touchdowns, they were all to different receivers. Yeah. You know, Mario Williams had one, Jordan Addison had one, and then I can't remember who the third one. How about the stat line for Mario Williams, though? Four receptions, 145 yards. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, 
yeah, you know, I think there was a point in that game. I think it was right after they they scored their third touchdown. It was like twenty-one to seven. I like looked towards my brother and I was like, I don't think we can stop them. I was like, I generally don't think Utah can stop them. And then you think about it, on their first three drives, they scored 21 points. They only had 21 points the rest of the game. So yeah, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of the greatest atmospheres I think I've ever been a part of too. I would like to say um, USC's offense was very creative. You know, I was thinking about some of the plays that they ran, and it was like it was stuff that I've never seen before. Yeah, so where we were sitting too, we had some Trojan fans around us. Yeah. And uh, I think after one of their trick plays where they kind of handed it off and then pitched it back to a wide receiver and then he ran around, I like made like a like a snarky comment and I was just like Did you? They can't they can't play us they can't play us straight up. They need trick plays to beat us. And a couple USC fans looked like looked back towards me. Yeah. And I started laughing. Because <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I was like, they're really gonna pull out all these trick plays to to beat Utah on the road. So I don't know. But yeah, they they Snarky. were they were creative. They were yeah, creative and I think the one play that kind of stood out to me was it was a touchdown throw to Jordan Addison. It was you know, they had they had Travis Dye in the backfield in shotgun formation and Addison is motioning from the right, coming across like it looks like it's gonna be a sweep. And they fake he snaps it, fakes the handoff to die, and he hits Addison on the sweep route. And he just walks in the end zone. He's wide open. Oh, it yeah. Was, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But the creativity on that play was just something I've never really seen before. And I know the commentators for Fox made the same comment as well, like when I was looking back at the highlights. So, yeah, it was a lot of credit to them. But, I mean, the Utes, freaking unbelievable. Camerizing five touchdowns, two two through the air, three, three touchdowns with his feet. And then Kincaid almost sitting – Dalton Kincaid almost setting a record – for most tight end receptions in a game ever in a college football college game. College football game. So this you know. offense, man. And you know, I think it also has to be mentioned, they're without probably their best offensive weapon in Brand in Keithy, Brand Keithy yeah. who is out for the season. But yeah, Cam Rising, man, I just don't know. I know on college game day, Peyton Manning, when they were picking the game between USC and Utah, he was like I like Cam Rising as a quarterback, but he just can't he can't seem to get it done when it matters, is what he said. He must have taken that. He took that so, personally. Yeah, so I, Cam Rising said he, he was watching game day when he said that. Really? So I was like, wow, I was like, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. But you know, when when it mattered, he really he played his I think his best game, mm-hmm. his best football game for Utah. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy, great. you know, some of the throws that he was making, some of the some of the runs that he was making, especially on like you know third down, fourth down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, had you know the QB sneak that got him a touchdown. He had the the fake to Mackay Bernard that he walked in on. Yeah, and then obviously you know the two point conversion. Well, the fourth and goal. Oh yeah, the fourth, the fourth and, goal. and goal with the Dalton Kincaid coming across coming and across. making the block. Yeah, and then you know the the the, um, the two point two point conversion. Yeah. So what a night! Crazy man. It was it was wild. Um, it's probably the loudest, sustained loudest I've heard that stadium be. I think when when Covey took the the punt uh, last year against Oregon to the house, I think that was the loudest moment I've ever heard. But like that whole final drive for USC, man, yeah. it was deafening in that place. Yeah. So 
It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I know there was a lot of comments about, you know, the officiating and and how that played a factor in the game. I know that there was a, there was an interview after the game I saw on ESPN of Lincoln Riley, and he was like, you know, there was a lot of times where we could have put the game away and a lot of times where we should have won. But, you know, you can't really control the officiating. But we'll get better next week, I think is what he said. But, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on how the officiating played out during that? Like, it goes both ways. And I know USC fans, you know, they're still crying about it a couple of days later. It really does go both ways. I know both the roughing the passer penalties were were definitely questionable. But, like, on, on cam, the, on camerizing. On cam, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, though, there was a holding in the end zone that would have led to a safety for Utah mm-hmm. that they would have got. And then on one of their on the final USC touchdown, there was also another holding that led to that touchdown being mm-hmm. scored. So it's like, it, it really does go both ways. And, yeah. and I know USC fans don't want to admit that, but you know, refing is always going to play a part, but as a football team, you have to make sure that, you know, especially in USC's case, you have to make sure that the refing doesn't play a factor. Yeah. And you know, they didn't do that. They didn't make plays when they needed to. And you know, like the ref didn't stop, you know, Cam rising from galloping into the end zone to get mm-hmm. the two point conversion. Yeah. Like they had players in place to make that play. Cam rising just made a better play. Yeah. You know? So it, it really does go both ways. And I know they won't want to say that they'll point to the penalty numbers all day, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, you have to make plays when it matters. And USC didn't make those plays. And I think it was, yeah, it was mostly in the fourth quarter. There was, there was a lot of laundry, you know, out on the field a lot of flags being thrown. But, you know, looking back at them, I thought that they were pretty reasonable calls from both ends, you know? Ones that penalized USC, ones that penalized Utah. Well, the phantom timeout. Yeah, yeah, Oh, That's yeah. A, were you, is that where you were going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just out of nowhere, just a timeout called middle of the play? In the middle of the play. Like, what is that? I don't know. And they, they showed uh, Kyle Whittingham, Utah head coach, and he was like, that's so bad. Like, what? was going on well yeah even like during because the there was a pass interference that led to the interception that led to kind of like that timeout or whatever and i was like counting down the seconds and the the clock should have kept going on that play yeah the clock stopped mid-play and then it resumed towards the end of the play so which is it was you know it's pretty bizarre like refing is always a factor you know it goes both ways. It really does. Like there's play, there's very few games that I that I've seen where the refs have, you know, only benefited one team over the other. And this was, yeah. I don't, I don't think this was that game at or all. Or made like an impact to the point where you know it changes the result of the game. Exactly. So I think I think those were two very good football teams, and I think Caleb Williams made plays to put USC with a chance to win, but I think Cam Rising made plays. You know. Mm-hmm. And Dalton Kincaid, especially. Yeah. I think both of those guys made plays to put Utah in a chance to yeah. win the game. They obviously made the call, you know. I think Cam Rising said once they crossed the 50 is when Kyle told him that, Kyle Whittingham told him that they're going for two. Oh, really? So it was before they even scored the touchdown. So they knew. So it's like they knew they were going for two way before. And, and in USC's case, like, you didn't stop them. Like, they went down the field 70-something 70, 70 yards and scored that touchdown, which led to the two-point conversion. Yeah. So 
Which I, think, I, with, I, I wish that, you know, Lincoln Riley would say, you know, that, that was our opportunity to win the game instead of just being like, you know, like, you know, we, we should have put the game away, but we can't control the officiating. It's just like, you know, there were some things in your team's control that could have, you know, resulted in you winning that game. And I think on the flip side of that, too, Utah fumbled at like the 10 yard line yeah, in the red zone. In the red zone. And they obviously missed the, the field goal, too. Yep. So, you know, Utah left some points off the board and you know you could argue for utah's way that this game could have been put away put away yeah. sooner in their favor so, big so yeah, win for the utes big win for the utes it keeps them in the pac-12 uh you know championship, championship race so conversation know that they're five and two but you know this, this win means a lot there's four legitimate teams that could be at the top at the end of this year for the pac-12 i mean ucla six and oh Three and zero in conference, and then Oregon five and one, three and zero in conference. So two undefeated teams left in the Pac-12, and they actually play this you know, week. This week, so and then USC four and one in conference, and then the Utes three and one in conference. You know, keeps them both in contention. And we talked about this for for an a hour, long a long time before, but we came up with a couple different scenarios. On you know, there's a lot of football left to be played, but I mean, there's a scenario where any four of these teams could be Pac-12 champions at the end of this year. And I think it's a super long shot, but I think Oregon State is maybe not in it, but they're kind of floating around there. They're 5-2. and two. You know, they obviously have those two losses in conference to USC and Utah. But if, if you know, chaos ensues and some Which teams... we've seen so far, and yes. Yeah, if teams start losing, you know, I think, you know, Oregon State... They obviously have Oregon at home, so they have a chance to to kind of get one there. But I don't think they play UCLA this year. And then obviously, you know, the loss to Utah and UCLA. So there's probably it's just probably those four teams, just UCLA, Oregon, Utah, and USC. And then, you know, with a long shot chance to get in, I think Oregon State is still kind of mm-hmm. kind of hanging around there. And a total so. new format this year. There's no divisions. It's one, you know. They take the top two of the conference. If there's a tiebreaker, which, I mean, a three-way tiebreaker, then some other rules play into, <laughs> into, fact, into yeah. factor, and we, we tried to read that. It made absolutely no sense to us. So, But we can't really speculate. A lot of football to be played. It all starts with next week in Eugene. Exactly. So we'll preview that game uh, yeah. this coming week. And I'm excited. We should talk about more about you know where we think the Pac-12 is going after next week because we'll know a lot yeah. more. At the end of that, and then also Utah, they'll play. Uh, they'll play Oregon in Eugene in, in a few, in about a well, month's time. Yeah, about a month's, about time, a month's time, time as well. So we'll definitely know a lot by then for sure. As UCLA, UCLA and USC, they'll they'll play as well that in, same uh, week too. Yeah, that same week. So, so a lot next, to look forward to. Next week will kind of give us a clearer idea of of where the conference is at. But then those November nineteen games is going to be, you could argue, assuming all the teams win all their other games up to that, those are basically semifinals. You know, you got mm-hmm. Utah traveling to Oregon to play that game, and then, you know, USC at UCLA. Those are basically, you know, semifinal games. For the Pac-12. For the that's Pac-12. Cool. So, yeah, it's All in it's one week, cool. dude, that's going to be so. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so but, we'll, we, still a lot of games to play. A lot can happen. Upsets happen, you know. So yeah. we'll have to see kind of where these teams are come that time absolutely and i think on that note i think we're gonna wrap things up um this is our 14th 
episode. So uh, yeah, Wednesday we'll come out with a preview for week eight. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to the pod. You know, you can drop a, drop a review, drop a rating for us, and uh, go follow our socials. We got Twitter, we got Instagram, and yeah, shoot, shoot us some tweets, you know, give, give Brock some heat. He's been kind of firing his takes out there, so you should definitely, uh, you know, interact with him in, uh, you know, on Twitter. That'd be great. Yeah, give us a follow on Twitter. We are uh, at PlayActionPods with a S at the end of pod because PlayActionPod is taken, so <laughs> we have to use that. What are we on? What are we on Instagram? It's the PlayActionPod. The PlayActionPod for so. Instagram. So yeah, give us a follow on both those platforms, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday.